everybody. This is the Honestly Fair Podcast. I'm Caroline. And I'm Rebecca. And this week we're going to be talking about identity question, question mark. mark. Which is, what? what is identity? What's an artist identity? <laughs> what is... Want to talk about why we were talking about this, Caroline? Uh, because Rebecca's a hater. <laughs> <laughs> not, not untrue. And uh, Rebecca was annoyed on Facebook, as everybody is on Facebook. You always get super annoyed. We're part of, like, a Facebook group for artists. Yeah, well, we're just gonna leave it, leave it there. Go well, cool. well. That's a that's a bit of a teaser. But before we get into that, we're gonna get into our first segment. Oh yeah, uh, what are you drinking? I don't know, Caroline. What are you drinking? I am drinking whatever you're drinking because you. It's the sweet almond tea from uh, David's Tea because mm. we ran out of alcohol. This is a dry household. Except for like, no, all your tequila is gone too. I know. We just have peppermint schnapps and maple liqueur left. No, we have almond. We have a lot more of this. We have almond Bailey's. We've got rum. Yeah, but not like stuff you can just drink casually. It's stuff that like you. Oh my god. (laughs) You stuff you don't want. Like stuff you can drink casually, but you don't want to drink casually. Like we're out of wine and beer. We're out of wine and beer. If you start doing like a vodka or a whiskey on the rocks on a a Tuesday night, you're getting a little. it's a little much, but I don't know. Not to judge, but I think it's a bit much. Um, yeah, no, it's pretty good tea. Lately, you've been uh, preparing all of our drinks for our recording. That's because so. I roll Caroline out of her bed, and I'm like, time to record every time. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I drank a lot of coffee to get ready for this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so check out that almond tea, and now we're rolling into identity. So as we teased before... Rebecca was salty on Facebook. Rebecca was salty on Facebook. I joined in the summer to try and find connections to artists in Toronto, mostly for, like, people to live with. I joined this uh, Facebook book, a Facebook group that was lovingly called just blank, beep, blank, beep, blank. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. But seriously, though... Um, yeah, there's, like, 4,000 people in this Facebook group, and it's just, like, trash. Like, I was showing Caroline some of the paintings, and she was just crying. Like, and it's not, like, it's amateur artwork in, like, an endearing sense, like, when you're in high school. It's, like, people call themselves artists just because they feel they need to call themselves artists. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then we were talking to, I was talking to Caroline saying, like, it's a class thing. Like, I think people do it to seem more pretentious. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yes, I'm an artist. Yeah. Well, I think it just makes me angry, and I think it... It devalues all the work that we do, seeing these people approach it like professionals, but have no training, no understanding of, like, what's happening, no understanding of how to paint or how to draw or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, coming at this from, again, like, I don't think you need an education to go, to be an artist. I don't think you need to go to school to be an artist. I think you can fully, if you put the time and effort into it, then you can be an artist. But, like, these people put no time, no effort into it. Okay, like, my next point, I don't know if you want me to say it, so we yeah. can maybe... What? But I think you're, you're frustrated because they use a term that we also use, and it's just... And so, can I say that? Like, Yeah, they, they consider use, themselves emerging artists, yeah. but they're not. They're, yeah, so I think that's what bugs you, too, because they use the terminology, like, emerging artists, which means that, like, you... Like, you are an emerging artist, but these people aren't emerging but artists. But the thing they're is, hobbyists. like, yeah, they're, they're hobbyists. hobbyists. But, like, there's a big difference, and, like, for me, like, it's really hard to, like... Say, say to someone, like, at a, at a Christmas party or something, like, or at, shit, I don't know, I've just been saying it at funerals lately. Um, like, they're like, oh, like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm an artist. And they're like, oh, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm emerging, like, slowly. But then these people think that that's what I do. They think that I make shitty acrylic paintings in my mom's basement. 
Yeah, they're really And don't bad. clean my paintbrushes and paint eyelids like a fucking pasty, pasty white. It makes children look like ghosts. <laughs> and paint things like live, laugh, love. And then put a watermark on the picture of your painting of fucking live, laugh, love and say that you ship free internationally. Well, what do you think about Etsy artists then? Etsy artists, artists? Et- Etsy artists are hobbyists and they're also um, more craftsmen. Yeah. Like, I think I talk to a lot of people about um, putting my art up on Etsy's and they... On Etsy's. On Etsy. And they said, like, not to because... The Facebooks. I, and... Yeah, the Facebooks <laughs> and the Twitters. They said not to. And there was a couple of my friends who are on Etsy, mm-hmm. right? Like, like um, Sonali's Glittering Mad... Glittering Magpie, mm-hmm. she does that to sell, and she uses it. It is conceptual art, but um, it's um, marketable conceptual art, mm-hmm. and I think she distinguishes that from her practice. And she yeah. was saying to me, like, oh, I'm going to dive more into this because it's the only thing that can earn me money, and I'm like, yeah, yeah that's fair. Mm-hmm. Honestly, fair. fair. Um, yeah, so then I kind of want to talk about, so, and I think this is kind of, I don't know how to introduce this, but I'm going to just roll with it. Do it. Um, I think there is this issue with taste when it comes to... I have an article on that. Yeah, taste is interesting because so we can look at this stuff on this Facebook Instagram or Facebook group and be like, this is all terrible because we have because an educated No, taste. it is sub, It is objectively terrible. Okay, yes, it also is terrible. It's not hard to see that it's terrible, but some of the stuff some people may be like, oh, it's not so bad. No, like, no, and, and some of it isn't bad, but like... If you're taking a craft that you found on Pinterest and then s- trying to sell it as art, that's a problem. But that's not really my, my point. I'm just trying to explain what taste is. So, like, we can look at something, and because we're educated, because we've had the privilege to go to art but, school, we have, we have, like, an understanding of taste. We have an understanding of, like, if we go into a gallery, we understand, like, this is good for these reasons. But I think that's why people call them, themselves artists, because it makes them seem like they have taste. Yes, and, and but the thing is, like, historically, taste is something that has belonged to an upper class because historically it's the upper class that has been able to control the taste because they have education, they more really have the monetary things to dictate taste, right? So taste has been something ascribed to the upper class. Yes. So that's the problem, I think, with art and, like, with this being able to tie back into this, oh, into this like, elitism <laughs> argument. punches the mic. <laughs> and, like, to tie back into this, like, that it is kind of like it, it, I mean we can have opinions everybody can have opinions you're not elitist for having those opinions but I'm but I'm a art... specialized um fuck I'm a specialist in this field mm-hmm. like so that's like me going up to a doctor and being like that leg looks like it's broken because you know I've seen a couple broken legs in my day no the fucking doctor knows if it's broken <laughs> so it's like going up to an art like I, same thing like you go to school to like learn the jargon or you spend a lot of time with something to learn the jargon and I think that if you put in the, the time and the effort to learn and understand the history and the terminology and everything behind it then you can approach something from an educated standpoint without necessarily having gone to school and there are people who have gone to school that are complete fucking idiots and make terrible art. I would like to also say that. I'm not prejudiced against people who haven't gone to school. I'm prejudiced against people who put... Like, that's like me saying I'm a musician because I can play one fucking song on the ukulele. Mm-hmm. But, okay, so the taste thing, though. I was Googling... Um, so I couldn't, like, search, like, artist as identity because, like, then identity politics and stuff would come up and I also have something for that. Mm-hmm. And I searched art as a class system. And Grayson Perry, who I've never heard of before, but he has a Turner Prize. I'll put some of his art up. He did, like, these really cool tapestries. He uh, says, taste is woven into our class system. And pretty much his argument was that um, if you look at it from, like, an anthropological standpoint, like, British people have always, like, associated taste with ha- a high class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then being, like, uh, like 
kids wearing hoodies, like, you can be, like, poor and wear, like, a ratty hoodie, but you can also be, like, rich and have a ratty hoodie and, like, those kind of uh, signs and signifiers of, like, class and stuff. And art is always one of those things. Mm -hmm. Uh, He made something really funny. Um, So he says, the British care about taste because it's inextricably woven into our system of social class. I think that more than any other factor, more than age, race, religion, or sexuality, one's social class is is determined by one's own taste. So, mm-hmm. like, if you walk into someone's house and they have, like, moose antlers up, you're immediately, like, you're lower class. Or if you walk into someone's house and they have, like, leopard print couches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's totally true. Like, it's... I've, I've been... I read the similar thing in the burger book, The Ways of Looking. He touches on that as well. I thought you like, were totally talking about burgers. Like, I thought you, no, were, John, I thought you were reading John. a book about burgers. Jäger? Jäger? Maybe he's German? I don't I know. Have anyway. No idea. This is the only thing he talks about. Like, this, like, status of... It's actually, like, I think painting is just the epitome of... Oh, yeah. Of, like, 100%. It's being so monetary and, like... And that's... Everyone in this Facebook group is paints. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another thing, too, is, like, um, so, like, with this, this hobbyist thing is, like, they don't understand the context of, like, anything. It's like just, very, I find it, I find it deeply, deeply insulting and mm-hmm. problematic mm-hmm. for me as an individual. Because whenever I say I'm an artist, that is the image that's conjured up. Mm-hmm. Like, I shouldn't, like, med students don't have to, like, justify that they're actually, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a doctor in training. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm not going to say I'm a doctor in training because I know fucking first aid. Yeah. And then there was another level of this. I don't We kind of touched on it, but I guess we can yeah. dive into a bit more. Is like people adopt this idea that they're an artist because... Um, they took a high school art class. And because they, they believe that because taste is associated with a higher class, they believe it adds like a level of class to them, right? Like they believe... No, and I think people are doing it purely for the social benefits of it and mm-hmm. to like say that they're part of this community. Mm-hmm. And it just drives me crazy because like I went to high school with so many... Oh, that was my tea kettle. Sorry. (laughs) I went to high school with so many people who say they're artists and it's really hard because they're trying to engage with me on this level and it's, it hurts me physically Mm -hmm. to try and talk to them. Like, I'm like, I don't know how to say to you, like, we're not on the same level. Like, please don't talk to me about this. Yeah. Or they try and criticize my art and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. I think it's hard too because like, yeah. Because, yeah, it does just devalue your work. I'm trying not to sound pretentious about this, but I think it is a legitimate attack on people starting out in the art world. If you're not an established artist, no one's going to take you seriously because of all this other bullshit that's out there. But I don't think you should take it personally. Like, I don't think no, I take it personally. Pe- I don't think these people mean it. I mean, they're just having a good time. They just want to show their art. They're just having But the fact fun. that they're taking up space that I could be showing in, they're taking up physical space. I don't think any of these people are going to show in the things that they're, we're going to okay, show in. Okay, I went to go volunteer at this gallery, and the art that it was filled with was this kind of art. Mm, that's, well, that's a pretty shitty gallery, though. <laughs> I know, but I'm saying that, like, that gallery is taking up a space and providing a voice to people who don't have the, the... haven't put in the time and the effort to even be able to go up on that platform. Like, if they were a comedian, they'd be booed off stage. Mm. But artists don't have that. We don't have audience, live audiences. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, and I guess that's why we need to do... That's why you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> As you can, like, kind of understand. And I don't know. I guess it's hard, too, because, like, I don't want to discourage people from no. making things. I don't want to be And I think I think it. that you can make stuff for your own enjoyment. And I think that all the power... T- like, my dad paints stuff for our house, and he loves it, and it looks good. But my dad in no way claims to be an emerging artist. Yeah. And same thing I play the ukulele. I like playing the ukulele. I am bad at it, but I'm going to do it for my own enjoyment. But I am nowhere saying that I am a musician. Mm-hmm. An emerging musician or otherwise. Mm-hmm. And I think that art is different. Like, and I don't... I don't think there's these, um, like, social 
with the anthropological thing where you get punished if you do something wrong. Social repercussions for, like, mm. I think it should be taboo to say you're an artist if you're not an artist. Mm. I'm just throwing that out there. Incest? Uh, <laughs> what's it called when you murder children? <laughs> uh, Infi- infanticide? <laughs> yeah, inf- uh, yeah, I guess it's... Infanticide? infanticide. And claiming to be an artist when you're not an artist. Those are my three taboos. <laughs> I guess it's hard too because like artist is kind of a broad term. It is, and I think that's so, what it that's what it is. But like, I don't know what else to call myself though. Like, I guess you could just say I'm a visual artist. Oh, well, you say you're a visual artist, but again, like, I I think people know if you say you're an artist, then you're probably either a performer or mm-hmm. a visual artist. Because yeah. I've I've only I've never heard a musician call themselves. An artist. I hear them say that they're an artist after they've introduced themselves as a musician. You are like I'm an artist. I play in a band. You know, like yeah, or like, like I I'm a musician. Like I consider my like I consider myself an artist. Like they're yeah. it goes like musician. They'll always introduce themselves as musicians first, and then say they're an artist. Like um, actors are supposed to say that they're they're artists. Um. Yeah, so I that's kind of what, what else have you? Because like, oh. and then we're trying to talk about artists and then because like you mentioned briefly identity politics within art, which is also kind of interesting. Yeah, so, so on the flip side of this, there's also like um, like should you be making art? Like, I think if you're an artist and you like that's an identity, and to take on someone's identity is kind of poopy. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, when I think of like identity politics within art, though, like I don't really think about. Uh, artist identity I think of no, like yeah. um, like queer art or like um... and uh, I went on the MoMA's site for this and mm-hmm. they did uh, an investigating identity thing mm-hmm. and they were listing artists and saying like um, queer artists and what was, what was the other artist they used okay identities identity is a way we perceive and express ourselves factors and conditions that an individual is born with such as ethnic heritage sex or one's body often play a role in defining one's identity. So then it talks about deconstructing uh, gender and then intersecting identities. So you can be an artist and you can be a queer artist and you can be a queer black artist and how all those things mm-hmm. change the work that you're going to put out. And I think mm-hmm. that comes along with like you living your life through like uh, being a person of color gives you the agency to express that in your art. But like mm-hmm. people who didn't grow up like that, like yeah. don't don't have that mm-hmm. right. Yeah, and I think that's, I think that's interesting too because there's also this like, um, like on maybe the opposite end of that, there's this pressure that some artists feel that their work has to express like some sort of social. Oh, a hundred percent. And then you get to the danger zone and of then like you trying to the danger zone of trying to express a social issue that you don't have the identity or the. Well, someone someone talks about that too. Mm-hmm. But I did read an article. I, I didn't save it because I was just, like, scanning a bunch. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that, that tension between, like, do you have the right to talk about this? Like, and then people artists are, like, the most political people in the world, but it just is an aesthetic, so it's not appealing. That's mm-hmm. what the article was saying, like, that, yeah, like, artists are socialists and liberals and progressives, but, like, they don't really make art about that unless mm-hmm. it's aesthetically pleasing. Because yeah. it, sometimes it doesn't translate visually. Yeah, yeah. And I think... Yeah, I think it's hard, too, because artists have not, like, a, like, I don't feel the pressure to make, personally, I don't feel the pressure to make art that's socially But historically, that's what artists were for. Yeah, historically, that's what artists are meant to do, and and I think artists that do that tend to get more publicity. No, no, that's too a bold statement. But I feel like a lot of 
art shows, if you're making a show, like, you get bonus points if you're like, this is going to be a social commentary on our time. Oh, yeah, but no one ever really means that. Yeah. <laughs> you just get, there's, like, um... But I think everything's going to be a social commentary on time. Like, you're working with couches in a time when, like, landfills are filling up and, like, yeah, people are true. reflecting upon, like, what they're buying and why they're spending money on things. And, like, Ikea is booming. Yeah, and like post-capitalism. Post-capitalism. And, like, thing. and Ikea has, like, all these different signifiers, like, packed into it. So, like, I think you can't avoid social. You can't avoid uh, That's a true. comment. Because you're living in the world, so you're yeah. commenting on it, whether you like it or not. That's true. That's Unless you live that. out in the fucking forest. But that's a comment on itself, because yeah. you're choosing to be isolated. Mm-hmm. That's true. Like, anything can have any sort of meaning if you try or not. But I think you're right. You try hard enough. <laughs> I nope. think, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Get with it. Get with it. Um, but no, and uh, talking about, like, moving out into the country and stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that, um, Good Point podcast, Cities? Did you mm-hmm. listen to that one? I did listen to that So, okay, one. they brought up this book that, that everybody's been kind of bringing up called The Creative Class, The mm-hmm. Rise of the Creative Class. What yeah. was his first one? The Rise of the Creative Class by Richard Florida. Mm-hmm. And I was reading the Wikipedia on it because Martha Rosler brought it up in one of her Eflux articles, which I will link to, um... And talking about how creatives are, like, gentrifying and changing the city and how that in itself is a class. Like, because we don't really necessarily produce things that are, like, actually consumable, like agriculture or anything like that, we're just, like, this source of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And artists and creatives are seen as, like, this well of knowledge that, like, creates something, like, truly intellectual. So I think people want to be part of that. Mm -hmm. And, like, the avant-garde has been, like... Dramatized and romanticized. Oh yeah, nineteen twenties bullshit. Yeah, you know. like, oh my god, who would wouldn't love to go to Paris and hang out with Marcel Duchamp when he was like super an asshole. Yeah, super always an asshole, but super like, screw the mainstream, screw the salon. Like everyone likes an underdog or like a everyone like, likes counterculture. That's why we yeah. have hipsters. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, artists were the original hipsters. You're not wrong though. I know. It is called avant-garde for a reason. Um, I was reading this Vice article that said emo was the last true subculture. <laughs> <laughs> and it was awesome. Miss emo. <laughs> Kawaii. Yeah. Kawaii. I wonder if that's true. I don't know. It was just interesting. It's pretty funny. Um, yeah, so I think artists... I think that's interesting, too. Like, um, I was listening to that, that podcast, and they were talking about, like, how... Like, artists are poor, so they move to the poor neighborhoods, mm. and because they move there, the poor neighborhood gets better because they have all these uh, artists. We do all this, like, like, graffiti, and, like, yeah. we make everything look funky and paint all the doors funny colors. Yeah, and, like, you have all this people coming in because they want to see these shows, and, like, because yeah. it's, people love counterculture. Exactly. And then, and then uh, the rich people buy the apartment, yeah. and then it becomes too expensive for the artists to afford, and then all the rich people move in, and the artists are pushed to the next poor person neighborhood. Yep. And I think people like being a part of the cutting edge and something that's hip, and that's they follow the artists mm-hmm. to find out what that is so that they yeah. can say that they got there before everyone else. And that's why people like identifying as artists when they're not artists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because you have to prove yourself as a musician or you have to prove yourself as an actor, but no one's going to say the art looks like shit because, like, Pollock and field paintings. Or... Yeah, people claim they can't get it. Yeah, I they, think people Oh, you just like, don't get it. Yeah, I feel like the public... Maybe that's a thing, too. Maybe the public has lost confidence in their their 
like ability to criticize art. Yeah. I think that's 100% it. And that's why there's no art criticism. And that's why whenever I do art criticism or when I did it in Guelph, I got fucking attacked for it because people are like, who are you? Mm. And I'm like, no one's criticizing this. And also, who am I? I'm an undergraduate who is also doubling as an English major who had also written articles for the Ontario in the past six weeks. So that's why I wrote that article. But I think maybe yeah. even expanding on that, I was listening to a really good Canada Land podcast about... Which one? No spoilers. The most recent one. The okay, one about, um Oh, wait. I'm, I'm caught up. It's good. It was uh, talking about... This guy was commenting on this idea that um, Canada, Canadian culture is weird in a way that, like, we don't want to be the first one to criticize. We want to be mm, the second one yes. to criticize. Yeah. Like, oh, you do the article. No, you, you do, do the, the article. article. Yeah, instead of, like, lunging, like, we don't immediately go to criticize things we kind of are like we want to do it in the polite way and that's like the very Canadian thing is to like do it in a polite way like oh I'm not like maybe this is kind of bad like what do you think and then once that yeah. other person jumps in you're like yeah fuck that fuck you but <laughs> like, if someone I think people are scared to say that they don't like something and I think that if you're coming at this from like an educated standpoint you're allowed to say that you don't like something mm-hmm. you're allowed to say fuck your podcast like please comment if you hate this podcast <laughs> yeah please comment oh shit wait. we stopped being live and we're live again <laughs> Um, fuck this podcast is where we left off yeah I feel like people and it's not to say that we don't have a like we obviously do have a lot of people who are doing a good job at being critical but I think but yeah. not publicly I guess not publicly not publicly critical like I was publicly criticized for being publicly critical and yeah. everybody said like aren't you worried that your peers and your colleagues aren't going to um, like this and I was like well when you put your work up you're expected to get criticized mm-hmm. and I was publishing this magazine and all these people who were emerging artists mm-hmm. kept submitting and I said to my editor like I am not publishing this mm-hmm. and the fact that the world like doesn't understand that like a picture of a car in an alleyway is not art mm-hmm. bugs me but yeah. I know that my dad and my friends do like my friends who didn't go to art school I think it just takes like a critical eye yeah and it's the same thing with music, critical ear. Like, you can tell mm-hmm. if it's good music or bad music. Mm-hmm. I guess shitty music exists, so shitty art has to exist. Yeah. Shitty acting exists, so shitty mm-hmm. actors have to exist. I don't know. I lost my train of thought. Okay. What were you going to say? Um, I was just going to say, I guess the... I lost my train of thought. Okay, well, I'm just going to take this moment to insert that when I was doing this research, I went to an Art21 video that was all about identity, and it had absolutely nothing to do with this podcast. But the intro was made by... William Wegman and Steve Martin. Oh, really? And it had his dogs in it. Oh, my God. So I'm posting that video, and everybody says that I have really shitty taste in art because I like William Wegman. This is the epitome of William Wegman. The fact that him and fucking Steve Martin made this intro is so... It's Steve Martin sitting there with, like, really, really broad shoulders, and you can't figure out why his hands are doing something funny. It's because Will Wegman is his hands. (laughs) And then one of his dogs is sleeping in the corner, and then one of his dogs is riding a riding lawnmower in the background. Oh, my God. It's so funny. And Steve Martin's just shuffling cards and using card analysis. Allergies and like trying to like cue to William Wegman that he needs to start like and he does a magic trick at one point and he goes okay now to show me your card and then he like looks at the card because like William Wegman showed him the card because he's his hands it's so good link in the show notes we talked about Will Wegman Will Wegman before so you all shouldn't be shocked about it um what I was gonna say and now I remember is that um I do understand that standpoint of though of like not wanting to be the first one to criticize because I feel that pressure all the time where it's like you want to be polite like you want to be respectful that's and a I think Canadian thing it is and I think it's also like um like I want to I don't want to say th- things too rash because I want people to not be like aggra- like I don't want I think to that be, there's like, a fine line I think criticism is criticism mm-hmm. you shouldn't sugarcoat it but mm-hmm. then there's being a dick 
And yeah, like, you shouldn't have an emotional response if someone criticizes you. Like, I know it's hard. It's hard It is everyone. hard, and I think you're justified in that emotional response, but you also need to... You can have an emotional response for, like, five seconds, and then you take it back, and then you break it down, and you fix whatever needs to be fixed. Yeah. I think it's just really hard, though, because, like, art is one of those things that people get attached to, and they don't want to hear it, and they don't want to... But at the same time, like... Should I be giving a space and a voice to those people? Like, we had one prof, Martin Pierce, look at this girl's drawing and be like, I'm not talking about this. And then we moved on. Because she did such a bad job and she did not put in the effort. It was hilarious. <sighs> that's scathing. Oh, I'd cry if that happened. But that is, that's fair. And I don't think we should be wasting our time on people who don't put the time and effort in and don't yeah. put the fucking brain cells into. And I respect Martin for that. And I think that maybe he's the one that really showed me how to criticize artworks. Mm. And I think that people also have a problem with me criticizing things because I'm a lady. Yeah, Because the person who wrote a response to mine said that uh, a couple dudes should have done it and then this one girl who's never written anything in her life. But still. But no, I, I just yeah. think that, like, because I'm... I don't know. I, I Because I'm an outspoken lady, everybody thinks I'm a bitch immediately. I think that's, like, a social thing. That's the oh, 100% it's away. a social thing, but I think that breaking that down is really important. Yeah, I agree. I think like, that... Jesse Brown, Jerry Saltz, like, they're not... Well, people do say they're assholes, but, like, in a kind of endearing way. Well, people still listen to them, too, I suppose. Like, if you were... Yeah. I think that's... I want to be the Aaliyah Pavani now. of the yeah. art world. <laughs> there's, like, no way to fix that, though, right? Like, there's no way well, you individually can fix that well, right Well, by now. me not hesitating to criticize things. Yeah, but I'm just saying is like, you're not going to be able, like, in your lifetime, I don't think you'll be able to see a difference. No, 100% no. But I think that the, you fight for the generation after you. Yes. I, yes, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying, like, that's a hard stance and there's no solution to that problem. Yeah, like, that's Margaret cool. Atwood is, like, a shitty feminist, but she led the way for, like, ways for actual feminists. Yeah, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Like intersectional feminist, like feminine, like feminism. But I, no, but I'm saying that I'm I'm the shitty critic who's making way for good critics. Mm. I am the Margaret Atwood <laughs> of <I'm>... criticism. <laughs> yeah. Um, Slightly educated and really privileged. I don't know where else to go with this. Um, I was just thinking also, maybe another tangent with this is like. Um, because we're already talking about femininity and, like, us, as our, we have identities as, we're all only emerging artists, we're female emerging artists. What? I'm a lady? What? Shit. Um, so we also have this identity and, like, an art identity that we can't shake as well as this, like, we are, like, and a lot of women artists have a problem with this. This has been an angel problem is, like, they don't want to be identified as a female. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm watching our own live feed. I'm just making sure it's I was making issues for okay, the Okay, you editing. know what? Sorry, go. Um, so one of the things that we have to face is, like, that we are going to be, like, female artist is part of what we are. And I think we're separating, I think it's getting better. Like, definitely getting better than it was. But there's, like, certain artists that they oh, don't want their... focus on female. Yeah, and they don't, or they don't want their work to be associated with feminism. But because they're a female artist, their work will immediately be interpreted. Yeah, well, I've run into that before. Yeah. Like, your work is going to be interpreted, interpreted with that lens. Well, I think it's the same thing. Like, if you're Canadian, like, your work's going to be interpreted through... In, mm. Fuck you, Caroline. Interpreted. <laughs> interpreted. Um, interpreted. <laughs> through a Canadian lens. I think if you're American, like, you can't help that. Yeah, you can't. So then that's, like, that issue of is there a way to break that you your preconceived identities? Is there a way for your well, heart the, to be? No, the thing that's going to be fixed is that women w- women aren't going to be considered other. Mm-hmm. Eventually. Eventually. 
like, and I think being a woman, I don't consider it other. And it's really funny, like, looking at queer art now as, like, a comfortable queer person, I don't consider it other either. It's my daily life. So, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I mean, we're pretty fringe. Oh, no, I'm not pretty fringe. It's, it's, I'm pretty fringe. Some some of the stuff we do is kind of fringe. But, like, um... What do you, what, why are you saying we're fringe? I don't know. I like <laughs> fringe. I like... Range. Well, I think we have to accept that, like, what we look at in the art we look at oh, is yeah, not what's the normal for us. Yeah, yeah. like, but I, don't I think, think we are I think, a good microcosm of But like, I think we know Canadian. what the cutting edge of the Toronto art scene is. I think mm-hmm. that's fair to say. Yeah, I think that's because, like, we're fair. we're in it to win it. No, like, we're, we're following Ooh, people. We're following people on Instagram. Like, it was really funny. There was this um, collective that just came out, Circles and Wigs, and I was like, oh my god, I already know the two artists that are in it just because I. Found them on Instagram through friends of friends of friends of friends, and I accidentally saw one of the girls' work somewhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just being friends and having connections and going to this person's show and running into this person at a party, you eventually figure out who's got the shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But and I think that that also is a part of it. Like, I hate like like being in the social inner circle. I think that also pisses me off that people are, like, trying to infiltrate that in a really, like, weird way where they haven't put in the effort. It's not in a genuine way. No, it's not in a genuine way. It's a way that they, like, I legitimately want to be friends with other other artists because I want to, like, learn with them and be able to be myself and use all the weird words that I like. Mm -hmm. And maybe people have similar, and you hope that they have similar interests to you. I want to make art puns and people get them. Mm -hmm. And, like, have space where you can generate, like, more ideas and, like, collaboration. Yeah, it's like doctors hang out with doctors because, like, they're like, oh, my God, I took out this guy's kidney. And you're like, oh, my God, I took out this guy's kidney. Like, you have so much in common. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that that's for any career. And for me to, like, walk into a hospital and be like, oh, my God, I took out a guy's Mm -hmm. kidney is ridiculous. I think it's hard to... And it's going back to maybe this idea, like this idea of a, a serious artist. Mm. I think that's a hard identity to try and prove to people that you're a serious artist. Well, like, I'm not like, a serious artist. I'm serious about my career. I'm a very serious. But artist. I'm not a serious artist. I love. Uh, there's this picture of me that you took where I'm wrapped in bubble wrap. And oh I was yeah. Preparing for a show, and the caption was Caroline is a very serious <laughs> artist. <laughs> and I think it's hard too because like a lot of people don't understand that like sometimes your process does seem a bit goofy, and like, oh, yeah. sometimes you'll do things that are people are like that's kind of dumb. Or like when I when people on the spot are like, "What's your practice about?" Or, yeah, like, fuck what? you. I'm like, oh my god, this is gonna be a real look good. Like my manager was like, "Yo, what?" Or when my cousin came over and was like explaining your practice I cried oh my god he's like so what's your practice about I was like well um objects are people and um I'd like coaches um yeah um I'm help uh okay um and it's hard so people think you're like kind of nuts kind of nuts people do think you're nuts I'm okay with people thinking me nuts but I I it's hard to prove to people that it's smart and not smart stupid you know what I mean like though actually what you're doing is like Smart stupid. Well, we had a whole smart. class on that in Guelph. Yeah. Both of us weren't in it, but we heard so fucking mm. much about it. Gareth Long, a really awesome artist who makes work, he says that he makes work about stupid art. No, about, about stupid st- smart art. His yes. art is it's, so stupid, it's smart. And it's yeah. commenting on stupidity and using stupidity as, like, a tool yeah. in making his art. Yeah. And I think I use silliness as a tool in making my art, and some people have to... And it's, I think it's, there's that, that nice moment in his work and a lot of work like that too, where it's like, it's simple, it's 
kind and of... And it's not pretentious. It's, yeah, it's simple, and it's... Once you get it, like, you there's, get a, it. there's something to it that you're like, this is interesting, and you know it's well thought through. Like so his like, mobiles. He has these mobiles, like the things above the little kids' beds, mm-hmm. but they're tied to the wall, so they don't... Some of them doesn't move. Like, the whole mm-hmm. point is for a mobile to be mobile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, they're like the little things you're yeah. in the doctor's or, office where you slide the... No, that's not a mobile, but that's a different toy. But so yeah, a mobile, he makes those yeah. But so he, yeah, he makes the wooden beads um, that are in doctor's office that you like roll across the uh, tracks, and then he made them so like they can't move. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like yeah, it's like this idea of intervention and yeah, like, intervention, and, um, intervention, simple interventions, and like that peg in a round hole where it's like this. Oh, it's yeah. a video. It's like a jelly. Where it's like a it's a CGI like an animated thing. It has this jelly like, tube that's trying to fit in this hole, and every so time it, like, funny. gets stuck, it stops, it bounces out, and, like, It's, like, a, an inflatable peg. Yeah, <laughs> so it's, like, this jelly thing that bounces around and stuff, and it goes through the hole, and so it's very simple. It's, like, a peg going through a hole, basically. Square but peg, square, round hole. Square peg, round hole. And, um, yeah, so it's supposed to be this, like, simple gesture. It's supposed to be, on the surface, you're, like, this is just dumb, like, this is inefficient, this isn't... But then it makes you think about this inefficiency. And, like, the norm of objects, too. Yeah. Like, what an object's purpose is. When you take away the function of an object, then you wonder, like, what was even the point in the first place. And then you think, like, well, what's the point of any object? And what's the point of functionality in an object if the object exists for itself? Like, what if the object doesn't exist We're in Caroline's territory now. What if the object (laughs) is doing its own fucking thing? What if the object is sentient? What if everything is Toy Story? And what if... Or, sorry... L'histoire de toy. L'histoire de toy. I'm trying to teach Caroline French. It's not working. Um, And, like, what if an object... So we believe that we make objects for humans, but what if the objects are the ones instigating us to make them? Oh, my God. Wait, who wrote that article on that? Oh, my God. These are all things I've just kind of... No, it's it's that guy who writes everything. Simon... No. It starts with an A. Like, it's, um... The systems, systems of being. Apparatus? Yeah, the apparatus. This, that's, um, this, that's kind of based on the, um, Ambigan. Ambigan, thank you. Uh, Ambigan? Ambigan. Ambigan. He he philosophized a bunch of stuff. It's kind of, his, his theories are a bit more, like, it's not just about, because it's like the system, and, but the system is applied more large, it's very complicated. Um, it's a gross under, like, under summary of his work, but, um, yeah, so you get to, Anyway, so so the thing is, like, this is stuff I think about. This is like I the know weird stuff. shit that you think and about. And then, but you look when you see a piece of work, you're like, it's a dancing chair, and you're like, yeah, it is. Yeah, but the thing is, like, the the med the act of meditating on an idea so much that you become like obsessed with it. I think art is really about like obsession and like the dissection of your own brain and the mm-hmm. dissection of like the world around you. Like, for me. Um, I'm making, like, these uh, stupid little things about, like, a single gesture, but for me, that that gesture's been vetted and changed and manipulated so many times for it mm-hmm. to be the perfect, most pure, distilled version of itself. And I always use that word, like, it's the distilled version of itself. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, trying to break it down in the most minimalistic of ways, but that, that takes a lot of making to get there. Yeah. That's not necessarily my education. That's... I've made so much shit. Mm-hmm. I made enough bad shit that now I'm getting into the good shit. Mm-hmm. And then mid-career, I'll get into the even better shit. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I'll pop, like, die out after. Yeah, and then we die. And, and then, then your we work die. will be worth something. And, and then, then your yeah. work will be worth money. Um, but, yeah, and then so you have, so, I mean, in comparison, in if comparison. we're going to talk about people who then 
are like, I did a painting of a sunset. Bitches. <laughs> this one and girl I, did a print of a punch buggy. Oh. And I wanted to punch her. <laughs> that was it. That was her final print project. Oh, that's bad. It was one layer in silkscreen. Although, I do have to say, this is kind of off topic, but I do kind of like shitty that art. art. Yeah. Oh, well, shitty art has a place. Mm-hmm. But for shitty people making the shitty art to call themselves emerging artists, that's my problem. Yeah. Make all the shitty art you want. Go forth. Make it. Make it even if you, if it's kitsch and you don't know it's kitsch, fucking make it. I will buy it. Mm-hmm. I will hang it as kitsch. To each their own. It's like shitty baking. Mm-hmm. I will eat your cookies. I will not enjoy them. Don't call yourself a fucking baker. <laughs> that's a pretty good analogy. Thank you. I think that was really good. I think that's what we need to end on. Well, we didn't do what's in the warehouse. I know, but I think that's the end of that conversation. Oh, that's okay. the end of the conversation. Don't be a shitty baker. Don't be a shitty baker. I love it. I want that on a t-shirt. Do it. Um, $25. If anybody wants a t-shirt that says, don't be a shitty baker. We'll make mugs. We'll make mugs, hats, t-shirts, you name it. We got it. And then we'll roll on to our closing segment. What's in the warehouse, Caroline? What is in the warehouse? Um, That's new from last week. I know, bro. I didn't really do that much this week. Well, we were talking about renovations. Yeah, we did a lot of chatting about next year. We've been doing some thinking, which is good. About where we're going to put the next bedroom. We're going to blast a hole in one of the walls. Yeah, I got some reno ideas flowing. I cleaned my room. Wow, I'm so proud of you. Watched some curling on my new monitor. It's and Caroline got used. a new monitor. Well, it's a used monitor. but And it's not that big. It's like an extra... I'm making it sound a lot more glamorous than it actually is, but I can lie on my bed now and like look at my desk and watch the Olympics. Nice. It's great. It's prime. Well, what's, what's up with you? I found out that I can get paid for uh, doing things that I know how to do. Good for you. I'm installing art at, I guess I can, I'll just say, uh, the Art Gallery Massaga, which is sweet. And it was really funny because, um, Someone posted in one of the Facebook groups that I'm part of that are really good Facebook group, and it's secret, and you have to be invited to it. I think that is also key. You can't, you got to make sure that they're not poopy before they join. Um, so I joined, I'm part of this Facebook group, and this girl posted, like, oh, I need help hanging stuff. And I'm like, oh, I can help. So I'm on the phone with her, and she goes, yeah, how much do you want to get paid? And I, like, pooped my pants a little bit. Nice. I'm like, what? People pay me for this? Mm-hmm. So um, there's hope. Is uh, what I'm saying. There's hope for us in the end. And now I refuse to do anything without getting paid. So every time I help Caroline with an installation or consult on her work, five dollar. I'm not paying you. I bought you five way too much. <laughs> I bought you made too many things, Rebecca. What have you bought me? I buy all the snacks. I buy snacks. I bought the pop- I bought the popcorn this time, and I bought you two things of Oreos that one time. <gasps> Forgot about that. Yeah, dude. I love Oreos. And I'm always like, hey, I'm at the grocery. You want me to pick you something up? That's true. Okay, fine. I won't charge you. Don't make your wife eat. I was talking to Sam about how I'm getting paid for this. She says, oh, shit, I should have paid you for the Gladstone. <laughs> nah, it's okay. We all got to pay our dues. Pay our dues. Um, but, yeah, I think that's it for this week's podcast. Um, hope you guys, I don't know if the live stream's still going, but we tried to live stream <laughs> this episode. So maybe we'll try it again sometime. I don't know. I flipped off the camera a lot. I liked it. Oh, it was good. Um... There's never going to be a set schedule when we record, so if you catch the live screen, stream, you... Well, we usually record on Tuesdays. It's like a happening. If you get to see it, you see it. Oh, it's a happening. You get to see it, you see it. If you don't see it, you never get to see it again, because it's only in that one It's ephemeral. See, I like being able to use the word ephemeral. Liminal. Liminal. Simulacrum. 
apparatus. Oh, we already used apparatus in this podcast. Dumbass. Uh, dumbass. <laughs> That's also an art term. Um, I believe it's pronounced dumbass. <laughs> okay, okay, this is my what's in the warehouse. Every time we go to Union Station, Caroline's like, oh, we're at Union. And I go, I believe it's pronounced onion. <laughs> and then we're sitting there, like, I don't know, I'm making dinner or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, Caroline goes, like, oh, is it the onions making you cry? And I'm like, I believe it's pronounced union. <laughs> and Caroline just lost her shit. Such a good reversal of a joke. Reverse, Basically, reverse. Reverse, reverse. Basically, the moral of the story is I will laugh at anything, and Rebecca enjoys that quality about me. Oh, it's so um, easy to make Caroline laugh. Yep. As you probably noticed. Anyway, yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening. See you again next week when... Well, I'll do the... Let me do the credits. Yeah, we're doing the credits right now. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. This podcast is <laughs> produced by me and Rebecca, and also hosted by me and Rebecca. Wow. And it is edited sometimes by Andrea Alman pastor and it is uh, recorded here at... Uh, Versus Studios. Yeah. In our good content room. In our good content room. And, yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll, we'll see you next week. See you next week. See you later, kids. Bye, Mom. <laughs>